0: This is my own private domicile and I will not be harassed, bitch! Gangsters, what's up guys? What's the grant <coughs> to a motherfucker like me, can you please remind me? Get the world by the tail! Fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. <coughs> you know, Make some noise! Well, I'm here. I'm cute as shit. Oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh, skip, skip, skip! If you don't chew Big Red, then... F- you. That's so horny. you naked in the shower with your clothes on.
1: Could you imagine if I hit the old water pipe with that thing? Oh. Three cash,
0: homie. three, two, one, let's fuck! Everybody's got to hear the shit on W-Boss, W-Boss,
1: W-Boss.
0: Welcome to another do not episode of the Do Not Listen This Podcast, the third of our very exciting conversation series bio. We have a great guest on today. Uh, my name is Sam LaCrosse. Can you dig it? I can. And Taylor, they can see you doing the facial expressions now. You're on video. This is going up on my YouTube channel, so stop making those bad facial expressions. And we are here. The, today is a special day on the Do Not Listen This Podcast because we are now joined by the only person that actually does listen to my podcast on a regular basis, one of the only people. In uh, my friend and mentor to me in a lot of ways, Taylor Johnson. Taylor, it's great to have you on.
1: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: So, Taylor, I we got to know each other in kind of a weird way, and I kind of want you to introduce yourself first, and then I'll kind of get get into like the introduction of our friendship and kind of where that spirals into after this, and kind of where it all fits together, and kind of what we want to string together for our topic today. I know we talked a little bit a lot actually yesterday we talked on the phone probably like an hour yesterday about nothing related to this podcast at all unless you want to play the uh the fuck marry kill game with uh biblical figures again we could definitely do that at the end of the podcast if you have time but if you want to please and i would encourage you to do this let the audience know a little bit about you who are you and besides your name of taylor johnson which i already said um yes i'm taylor
1: um I work at a drug and alcohol rehab facility which I love very much um, I am a Bible believing Christian which is super important to me um, I don't know that's about it I don't have a whole lot that I do I work a lot
0: what is the uh, what is what is the stuffed animal on your right shoulder
1: this right
0: yeah. here yeah
1: it's an elephant.
0: That's an elephant. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A weird tape. Okay. Tail for an elephant. Okay. Move that Whatever. So anyway, um, <clears throat> long story short. So Taylor is interesting in a lot of ways. And I want to get into a little bit of those ways today, but I think the most interesting thing that led to all the other interesting things is kind of how we met in the story. So I don't know, you can feel free to fact check me women remember this stuff much more religiously than men do. So you can feel free to check fact check me all this kind of stuff. So Taylor actually lives up in New Hampshire. She lives in Keene, New Hampshire, which is the town most notable for filming Jumanji, the stampede scene, <laughs> their pair shoes logo is still painted on the side of the wall. I went out there and was totally nerded out when I went up and visited her in my last months of living in Boston. So that was really cool. But so I was just on hinge perusing one day and kind of getting through all the other stuff and swiping and, or not. You don't really swipe on hinge kind of more tap than swipe, I would say, but um, you know, so I was just kind of, you know, derping around going through all this other stuff. And so I come on, to this one profile by a girl named Taylor, and I don't know her last name was Johnson at this point. She later told me her last name was very basic, and I guessed. I think some like I don't know. Do you remember what I guessed?
1: No, I don't.
0: Okay, I I guessed a very other like like Smith or something. It was not Johnson, I'm sure. No, it, it was well,
1: super generic, and then I remember being like, no, but it's the other very generic. It's
0: the other I'm very yeah go. right. It's the other very very generic name that we have. So anyway. I, um, I was scrolling through and Taylor was like, oh, I kind of like a lot of what this girl has going on in her profile. But the one thing that really struck me was you were like abrasively, abrasively observant of your faith. And I was like, wow, that's kind of interesting because I lived in Boston at the time, one of the secular capitals in the world. You were up in New Hampshire. I didn't know that at this point. So I was like, what the fuck is this girl even doing, you know, getting her profile down in Boston? I later found out New Hampshire was deserted. Like there are only two men in the entire state at this point and only like four women. So she was like, yeah, I don't really have any options up there. So I have to kind of go to other places, kind of fish somebody out of there. So she kind of catfished me a little bit, which is, which is kind of sad in in the, in the first part of it. But anyway, so I saw like, I don't know what the pomp exactly said, but like you were very explicit about this is what my values are. This is what I believe this is kind of how everything is. And I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. And then so I was like, Hey, can you just like, I wasn't even trying to be flirtatious or anything. I was just kind of like saying, Hey, can you li- like literally tell me more about this? Because I had been exploring the topic for a while, a lot with my friend, Sam Jerick, who was the first episode of the conversation series, first guest. And so I was like, okay, maybe I can get another person's perspective on it. And so I dug in and you were like saying like things about like Satan and, you know, like hell and all this other stuff. And I was like, Wow, this is like really, really interesting. I never heard it phrased in this way. So I was like, oh my gosh, this girl's also really intimidating, but she's also very smart and coming at it throughout that way. So, long story short, we kind of get introduced. We kind of are just kind of like, you help me a lot, you know, understand a lot of things and kind of get into a lot of things. I was incredibly difficult for the first, you know, couple up until really like yesterday, I would say, like being difficult with kind of like getting up to like all the other stuff. But um, basically, um, my life has changed a lot since that conversation that day on the dating app. this is back in january of 2021 so we've known each other for like our friend of like you shoot him you shot me over like oh my gosh it's our friend anniversary today and it was like like i have no idea like what you know any of that stuff was was like so um i think it's a little over what like a year and two months at this point since you've known each other
1: yeah something like that
0: and we've only met each other the one time yeah Mm
1: -hmm. over the summer
0: was it in the summer it was like
1: or was it spring
0: i think it was like may I think it was like yeah. a week a week before I left. I remember.
1: Yeah. It was right before you left.
0: Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, here I'm going to like throw up the deuces and like, see ya. But I always, you know, the other stuff that was going on, but anyway, so I think a lot of people that are religious people, and I don't know if, if we should be right to narrow it down to just Christianity, but I think people who believe a lot of different faiths and a lot of different things about people, they have kind of more unconventional roads to getting there versus the roads in the past, because now it's very different than it was back in the day, where you could either go to a, a church or a mosque or synagogue or whatever. And the religion was a lot more instituted across all kinds of cultures, whether that be here in the United States, here and everywhere else, but especially now that, you know, the new religion, and we'll get to this later of like TikTok and white vans and everything has come in and just kind of like, you know, kicked Muhammad in the throat and like thrown Jesus off a cliff and stuff like that. Now that we have like all this other, you know, shit that has come in and taken the place. Did you have a similar journey in terms of getting there? I don't think I've ever actually asked you this question. I think I might've pieced it together an abstract, but like, what was your journey like? And what was the cat? Was it similar to like, kind of me out of like hopelessness, me just trying to want to learn more out of curiosity or what was it? And again, you don't have to get, you know, too in depth, but like, I feel like we all kind of were coming from a similar depth. And I was just wondering out of my own curiosity, what that was like for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can give you like, I'll try to not be super detailed, but like, just quick testimony, I guess you can call it. Mm -hmm. Um I so when I was 10, my parents put me into a private Christian school. Um so I was there for fifth through eighth grade. Um and I was just surrounded by some amazing families. Um you know all married all had five kids in each family and like they were all in church and Um, I just got really close to these people and, um, started spending the night at their house all the time and just being around them all the time. Um, I would go to church with them like on Sunday mornings after I'd sleep over on Saturdays and, um, I just was around them a lot and I started going to like Christian sports camps during the summer and,
0: um, or you were basically like female LeBron James, by the way. Oh, right. <clears throat> only without all the all, all, all the weird stuff he's saying now. But uh, anyway, go ahead.
1: Yeah, we. that's a whole other. Whole, thing.
0: <laughs> whole, whole another thing, as we say in the Midwest, but we'll keep on going, whole nother.
1: Um, and then, you know, when I, I would say like when I was 12 is when I received Christ and I was like, all right, like I believe in this without a doubt. And, um, and just noticed like God working in my life and then as I got older, like, it's just always, like, since then, that's always been something that's been instilled in me. Um, oh, interesting,
0: interesting. I I, th- I thought it was, I thought it was, for some reason, I thought it was shorter, like, I thought you would only really begun to go down your religious journey, like, kind of like me more recently, but I guess I, I had no idea that it was, it was this kind of instilled with your whole life.
1: Well, it was when I got into high school that I, like, really struggled, um, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's always something I've believed in, but in terms of, like, actually living it out and applying it to my life yeah that's not something that really happened for me until adulthood and until um oh I'm 23 by the way I guess that's something I should have said like minutes ago anyway I don't say my uh, age on any of my
0: podcasts so you're totally I'm 24 by the way so you can do yeah I think that's fine
1: um so it wasn't until like the last couple of years that I actually consistently got into church and got into like really learning about like doctrine and like very detailed things in terms of like my salvation and like those things like the very basic things I've been believing in those since I was very young but in terms of actually living out my life and like learning to think for myself and just learning to whatever like those have just been the last couple of years yeah so that part's new and like actually doing those things is new so
0: Yeah. And that's actually something it's, it's funny that you said, like in the beginning, like you experienced this when you were 10 and just kind of getting into it with the whole kind of ecosystem of what faith can provide you, whether that's, you know, our faith, which is Christianity or any other one, I would like to think at least, but um, I was on my weekly FaceTime with my parents like two weeks ago. And I made a joke that I'd been actually, I'd been pondering this pretty seriously for a while, but I kind of phrased it in a joking manner. That the reason why I'm a Christian and why I'm a conservative is because they're they're easier. Like being an atheist and being a liberal, from my like, vantage point, I I have a lot of non-Christian friends, I have a lot of non-liberal friends, but in my perspective, what I've noticed recently, it's like holy fuck, like these people are upset about everything all the time. And they're like, oh my God, like it's like, holy shit. Like it's just, I began to notice and I like began to think, you know, in my life really before I met you and I started talking to Sam about this stuff more seriously that it was just so difficult to either, I don't even know if rationalize things is the right word but just kind of settle into something because you're not settled into anything. You don't have that kind of thing under you that's supporting you up. It sounds so, you know, I guess, stupid and simple when you think about it that way, but it's like, when you look at kind of what the two biggest things that I define myself by in terms of my values now, it's because it just makes my life easier. And I don't know if that was what you were alluding to, but it's like, okay, like I know where I stand on a lot of majority of things and I don't have to really worry about all this stuff. I can be tolerant. Right. We'll get into that later, obviously. But I think, you know, now it's just like, geez, like this is just so like, this is so nice. Just not having to, you know, flip shit about everything anymore and just like go into like a like a condescending you know moral crisis every 15 seconds at some point
1: yeah no I I I agree with you I think like believing in what I believe like it just takes the responsibility of everything like I'm still responsible for myself and my actions and whatnot but it just takes the the worry and the the everything like all of the frustration and it's like it doesn't matter it's not gonna matter when i'm dead it doesn't matter now like um yeah so i i definitely agree with you with that um
0: and, and so going back to like that going back to the catalyst moment you said when it was around when you were i actually didn't expect this answer to be this specific like you said when you were 12 like you started yeah. noticing something was it like one thing that happened or was it just kind of like you just kind of clicked into the matrix and you're like, oh wow, this is how this thing is like going with all this other kind of shit. Or was it one specific thing or was it kind of like a trend?
1: I feel like it's it's always progressing.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: when I was 12, like I specifically remember being at a Christian sports camp and they had like worship nights every night after dinner. And I just remember being like I don't know I just remember feeling and I mean I'm assuming it was the Holy Spirit I don't really know but I just remember feeling like hey like I really believe in this and this is real and I don't know if it was necessarily like a moment where I had that kind of epiphany or whatever but Mm -hmm. I think it was just then that I was like definite on what I thought was real or what I think is real yeah but I think it's always progressing like Mm -hmm. it's like a relationship and so the more you're working on it the more you're doing it it's just getting like better and better um so I don't think it's one moment I think it's just your lifetime and you're always learning about God and you're always learning about it so it's always progressing
0: yeah and I think it's funny because I don't know if it was a moment where I was like okay I need religion I need God I need you know whichever it was but I remember, you know, the feeling where I hit basically rock bottom. Of my personality, with everything, with you know my my life, my values, everything else, and it was like I think two weeks after um, after COVID hit, and I think it was just kind of like I was sitting and we were on like our you know yay extended spring break I'm like whatever like in you know my senior year of college, and I was in March of 2020, and I remember looking and basically saying like this is completely out of my control. I can't do anything about this. And it just broke my psychology about who I thought I was over over my back or over its back. I don't even know which back I'm referencing at this point. But um, it was just kind of, I think it's both. But I think that was kind of like the moment for me where I was like, okay, there was a massive fucking void, hole, you know, whatever there. So I'm glad your experience was not as catastrophic as that. But I just didn't know if that was kind of a thing where it was like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, I was at a a camp and some guy like pushed me off a cliff and, you know, I didn't die. And that's when God came into my life and saved me or whatever. But I I didn't know if it was something like that or if it was just kind of like, this is working. I'm going to try to stick with this and explore this more.
1: No, I think it was just like, like growing up, I didn't have a lot of people like family. I didn't have a lot of family. And just I had great friends. And it's just the older I got and the more I experienced in life is the more that I saw. God working in my life and um the more that you realize like he is in control and you're not in control and so if that's it's comforting like it's really comforting to not have to be in control um but no I, I didn't ever have anything like that I mean I think he's constantly answering prayers and like Working and doing things, and when you know God, then you're able to like see what He's doing in your life and other people's lives, and that in itself just speaks as a testimony for Him. So it just keeps pushing you.
0: No, no, I'm glad there were no cliffs involved with, or or like spikes, or fire, or you know, death, or anything like that. No,
1: no near death experiences, although I do think those are real things that happen that like bring people.
0: I, I literally thought you were gonna say, although I did get pushed off a cliff at a Christian sports camp at one point, And then I realized that it was like, oh my God, I can work both ways. But okay, that's actually very interesting. And yeah. so I don't know if this, if this question would really mean as much as I thought it would, but you know, we talked about when we spoke about this before in the questions about the kind of reframing of your life to undergo that type of change. So it's hard to understand when you're 12, and when you're not even a teenager yet, like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to reframe my life to, to live around this. But maybe you can kind of relate it to when, you know, in that second experience, when you were like in high school, right after high school, why did you think it was worth it to really kind of rededicate yourself and really frame it around it? Like, because like, obviously there are a lot of appeals with secular culture and people that, you know, really, and I'm, no, I'm, I'm certainly no saint in this because I think we all, you know, fall into this on occasion. But I think, you know, why I think, do you and as a broader spectrum religious people of all creeds and whatever you want to call it, why do they think it's worth it when other people don't? And why do you think specifically it's worth it in the context of getting rededicated or dedicated in the first place to a religious structure of some sort?
1: You might have to ask me the second part again in a minute, but yeah, um, I think it's worth it because like Jesus came and paid for our sins and like, there's a reward in believing in that, and there's a reward in giving God the glory that he deserves, um, and that's, like, eternal life, like, Mm -hmm. I think if you just compare heaven and hell, and, like, where would you rather be, like, not looking at it from a selfish standpoint, but, like, nobody wants to go to hell, and, um, I think that that's just, I mean, aside from that, there's there's so many just aspects of living life, like, again, the control factor, like, you don't have to be in control of everything, and that's nice, um, but just the community as well, I think, is a huge aspect, like, finding a good church community and having those people, for a lot of people, that's everything, you know, some people don't have family, um, and I think just i think christianity is is honestly the number one stomped on religion in the world because that's what scripture says so? really yeah yeah if you're truly a christian like and you're you're truly a bible believing christian and you're you're really living it out then yes because the bible mm-hmm. says that the world um the world hates christ therefore it will hate us um and when i say the world i mean like secularism like
0: yeah um do you do you so so in in that context do you fold other religions into quote-unquote secularism as well or or what is what is the difference between those you do okay yeah
1: yeah for sure because I I view every other religion as a man-made religion so
0: interesting can you expand on that more if you wouldn't mind
1: um okay so I believe the bible so I believe the bible to be I believe God of the Bible to be the only true God, the one true God, and that the Bible is the only truth from God. So, if you're looking at any other religion or any other book of religious practice or anything like that, then I think all of that's a lie, and I think it's all man-made. Um, therefore, it, it, it's it's, it's like it's like bad. a
0: derivative or a deviation of the one, and but it's not the one that it basically everything took from and iterated off of basically
1: yeah or man-made in the sense like someone else like some other person decided to come up with this instead because they didn't they Mm -hmm. wanted to do their own thing Mm
0: -hmm. or they
1: didn't they're just being defiant basically I guess
0: would you say that's more (laughs) of a philosophy than a religion then like where, where do you blur that line or do you have you not thought about that before
1: um Like my belief, is it a philosophy over? Yeah, yeah, because
0: like, you know, I think, I think that's actually, you raise an interesting point because like Stoicism, for example, is a philosophy. Like, you know, the Stoics had a way of going about life that is not a religion, but it's pretty damn close to being considered one because it's like, it, it has a lot of similarities. So I don't know, I've actually never thought about this before, but I don't know if that's how philosophy and religion are interrelated, but I don't know if you have any opinions on that or thoughts on that from that I, thing.
1: I don't know if I view it as a philosophy but mm-hmm. how I always describe it to people because I, I don't consider myself like religious um I view it as a relationship um okay I don't know if that answers your question but no no
0: I, I think it's I think it's just interesting kind of the way people perceive things and that's why we're having this discussion I think because I think a lot of people do think about these things And I think it's, it actually is very, because like, when you say like, you know, God, like when they created Stoicism back in like the Greek and Roman days, like they didn't say that like, oh, this is a God. Like Zeus didn't just fucking chuck this down on the earth and say like, okay, here's how to be Stoic. It was made up by people like, you know, Euripides and all these other people that, you know, kind of came up with the stuff. So it's interesting. And this is not trying to minimize the other religions, but like, you know, the Buddha, for example, was a real person. So does, you know, he's not a divine well he is a divine figure but he started out as a human and he just kind of became this deified figure over time and eventually became a god so the people who practice buddhism so is it technically a philosophical debate versus a religious debate i don't know but i think it's actually very interesting to kind of look into that point
1: yeah i mean i was gonna say something and i forgot um i can't remember um oh. <clears throat> It was good, too.
0: I know. I mean, well, everything you say is good, but I thought that was going to be, oh. this is a very, very good point to hit on. So, um, uh,
1: if I think ahead, of go all, No, no, go ahead. If I think okay. of it, I'll come back.
0: Okay. So, like, on, on that standpoint, because, you know, to follow up and go further in, in the conversation, I think that, you know, we both think, and especially you, because you're one of the most devoutly religious people I think I've ever met in my life are um you know you practice it very well and you live it very well i think you know so that's a testament to your, your the strength you have internally and your fortitude inside yourself but so if you are getting all this benefit supposedly from christianity from islam from buddhism from whatever and especially in our case christianity we'll keep it in because i do not know the first thing about the fuck like any of the other shit so we're going to keep it here i barely know anything about the shit we're talking about now so we're gonna keep it here but um You know, so why do you think if we're getting all this benefit from it, like you're saying, like, you know, it's easier, like it's, you know, it's eternal salvation. Like we have a relationship with a higher power. We have all these other things, which sound in aggregate and in a vacuum, like really great things. So why, in your opinion, is that so frowned upon? Because you just see people now, like they would rather be like Saturday night to Sunday morning, like tits out at a bar doing, you know, wild shit and not getting up and going to worship or doing whatever, or you know meeting with people or hanging out in community or whatever that is. So why do you think it's so, is it because of the novelty? Like, like what do you think it is? Like Why is it so frowned upon to be a devoutly religious person today?
1: Um, this might also kind of answer or go into the next question, but um, I think that people don't wanna to be told what to do. People want mm-hmm. to do what they want to do. Um, they don't want to be accountable for their actions. Um, and I think at least Christianity is frowned upon because of, I mean, I think pride, like people just don't want to accept it or they don't want, or they've Mm -hmm. had a bad experience with somebody who claims to believe it, but like people also forget like true Christianity is is I think you're not perfect nobody's perfect and nobody should be speaking from a higher position of anybody else but um i mean i really just think that's it i think people are selfish and um yeah i think that's a lot of it
0: yeah and do you th- where do you think um and this might have been something you already alluded to but where do you think that wisdom plays into that because it's mostly, in my opinion, and maybe it's because we're in the generation, but you know, it's mostly young people that I see that are like, you know, work like that are tits out at the bar Sunday morning, like, like, like that, that, that is who that, t- it's not like 50 year old right. women, like it's not the, the people that are doing this. So, do you think that it's like, what do you think the role of wisdom plays into that discussion? Do you think
1: so? The Bible talks a lot about like worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. Um, I think that they are two completely different things
0: Um,
1: I think even someone who's older and in their 60s even if they don't have Christ I still think that they are still unwise because they only have worldly wisdom and I think godly wisdom coming from a biblical perspective is more important than like a secular view of wisdom um and the way to, like, differentiate those is just that, like, biblical wisdom is focused on Christ and the gospel and the Bible, and then secular wisdom is focused on yourself and what makes you happy and, and what you want to do. And um, and just from a worldly perspective of wisdom, like, morals, good morals, having good
0: worldly morals. Do, do you think secular wisdom has, has value? Um, I think or what, or what at, was him, to use your phrase i'm sorry
1: i think that like what see this is such like a, a hard question because it's so broad but i think there's there's morals that align with biblical truths but okay. i do not believe that morals and and scripture are the same like i think that there's like good morals and that would be like the difference like i think good morals are still a good thing like it's still a good thing to do the right thing um but doing the right thing without christ is empty
0: so if uh there there is a secular firefighter that goes into a building and there's a five-year-old girl inside the building he saves this five-year-old child from burning to death that's a good thing but it's not aligned so it's like not as fulfilling you're saying
1: right so I'm saying good works or anything you do that's good like it's still good that it's happening right but Mm -hmm. say the firefighter went in and got the five-year-old girl and got her out but then he died like if he didn't have Christ even though he was doing a good thing like if he still didn't have Christ in his heart and like didn't believe in God, didn't believe in the Bible, didn't believe that Jesus died for us, then like he would go to hell. So it doesn't it doesn't matter how much good you do, it doesn't matter um, just how good of a person you are. Um, that's not what saves.
0: And it, it does does the Bible talk at all? I'm I'm sure it does, and I'm just like too dumb to notice it. But like, does it talk any about like, does morality play in the same way as wisdom? Like, there's worldly morality and there's godly morality, or is because morality is a confusing thing. Because, like, we hear a lot in current culture about like moralizing with people or like moral virtue signaling or something like that, which are obviously not good things to do, in my opinion, because you're, you're weaponizing right. it and you're kind of turning it into an argument where it's like, I am the winner, you are the loser. There's no like common morality anymore. But is that like what is what is it in? christianity that does it say anything about that like where how do you view that compared to like the worldly moralism that we see all the time
1: um i mean i think morals this might not make sense with what i just said but i think morals are more of a worldly thing like there's yeah and the bible doesn't talk about morals because i mean it does because yeah sure but um i mean i think it's just jesus jesus's example of how to live are the morals in the bible whereas like worldly morals could be what anybody thinks is the right thing to do okay. whereas like the divine thing to do is what god says right yeah
0: like if, so it's, it's, it's just yeah, it's just the it's just the derivative factor. I think it's like kind of people I talk about this and and you've listened to some of my at least I hope you have not been lying to me this whole time and you actually live up to your Christian values, but um, that you are, um, you know, I talk about this in terms of excess, right? Like excess is, in my opinion, one of the biggest problems with a lot of the stuff going on in the world now is people just take one thing that is a good thing and then they kind of just Pimp it out to be like something way 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 on the far end of what it's going to be. And it's like, you know, you can say that with a lot of things you can say that with like, to use like, you know, two terms the left and right side of the political You could say black lives matter and you can say make America great again. Those are two very, very core principles but people can take those to the way far fringes of everything else and kind yeah. of say like, they, they're saying some wild shit on the far end of the right and some wild shit on the far end of the left, and then it just kind of gets all impeded and we lose. The, the moral or the, I, I don't even know if morals is the right word anymore, but we lose the core meaning of what those two things actually mean, which I think both of them at their core, if you take them in a vacuum at face value are good things, but you have people that just, they put them in a fucking bazooka and just shoot the shit like everywhere. And it just gets so messy, but um, okay. That, that's a very interesting argument. I think that it leads well into the next point, because I don't know if you've ever, li- you listened to my, um, my duality of man podcast before. So that is my favorite post I've ever written. My favorite podcast I've ever done because one, I think I actually complimented my writing. I was like, wow, this is pretty fucking good. I'm not going to like blow me about myself. This is pretty fucking good. Um, so I cite, um, have you read, uh, Nietzsche before Frederick Nietzsche? No. Do you know who he is?
1: No. I mean, I know the name.
0: Okay. So for all the, uh, the negative seven audience members and Taylor, that are listening to this conversation. Um, Nietzsche was is probably the most important in my opinion he developed the single most important idea ever created in the modern world he developed the single most important idea ever and so I use this kind of talk about in the sense of like we have two sides of our personality we need to integrate them in order to have success in the world whatever it might be so Nietzsche was a German philosopher in the late 1800s who was kind of just a, a fuck up and a failure like his entire life like he was very sickly he was a lot like Fredo in the Godfather movies like very sickly not attractive you know kind of just didn't really do much this life like people didn't really like him he wrote one book and only sold 40 copies like kind of did like all the other stuff and he basically ended up living in the mountains of Germany or Switzerland I think it was Germany at one point in mountains of Germany with being taken care of by I believe his mother and the one girl he decided that he or managed he just managed to kind of get to like him a little bit and they kind of took care of him and like spoon fed of soup as he was like wasting away in like some cave somewhere very very bizarre person but so he wrote this book called uh thus spoke zarathustra in the 1880s which basically created the idea of what he called the death of god and so he basically said this character named zarathustra who basically went up to seek enlightenment on top of a mountain he comes down from the top of the mountain and he tells the villagers that god is dead And then basically, you know, man has killed God. Everything has kind of done all this other stuff. Like we have now and he basically we, our job now as humans is to now become what he calls the Ubermensch or the Superman, which basically is saying like, we have to create a new power hierarchy now that God has been thrown off the top of the hierarchy because man has killed him. So if you're still following me by this point, Nietzsche was misinterpreted for the longest time because People said he was a fervent atheist, that he hated religion, that he didn't want to do any of this. And that's actually not true. What Nietzsche said in that story was a warning. And he said it as a warning because he's like, look, we have no idea what we're doing if we go to secularism, because it's an argument about religious people versus secular people. And he's like, look, it is a very, very bad idea if we adopt secularism into the mainstream, when we throw religion out off the bat, because as you alluded to earlier, humans are imperfect. If we try to replicate God with people, we're going to end up doing some really, really bad shit, and we're not going to be able to rein it in. And um, Hitler studied Nietzsche a lot, and the 20th century, so basically, Nietzsche identified the single most important idea of self-improvement. He created self-improvement, the modern version of self-improvement, and he basically said that, you know, we – have something to aspire to there's no god anymore and if we do that all we have to do is improve ourselves improve ourselves improve ourselves until we apex or reach enlightenment or whatever the phrase you want to use and so what he was saying that people were misinterpreting is that we cannot escape the structures of religion because if you take anybody in the 20th century for example whether it be Hitler or Stalin or Hirohito or Mussolini for anybody that tried either fascism or communism or anything in the extreme, they viewed themselves, whether they admitted to or not, as gods, as religious figures. And they basically were able to convince falsely their citizenry, to their detriment, that they were able to, that they are, we see this in North Korea now, with Kim dynasty, with all these other people. And so, basically, Nietzsche's argument, in a nutshell, is that you can't escape religion whether you say God is dead or not and you, you're. we're gonna come back to it, there's going to be some people that have it. So the question now, and what I wanna kind of spend the rest of the time talking about you with is, what do you believe that new religion is to the people that have shunned it? Because I think there's a lot of different answers, but I, I, I wonder if there's one thing you really think is more pertinent than the others.
1: Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is just Self-love, find your truth, like oh, be God. yourself. God. Like, um, that's the number one thing that comes to mind. And it, it's just completely the opposite of what Christianity is, right? Because the Bible is about glory to God and it's about God. It's not about you, it's not about yourself. Right. Like, no matter how much you want it to be um I mean I that's like the first thing that I think of um yeah I I really just think it's selfishness and and wanting to do what you want to do and not what God wants for you um but that's just sin right like sin looks great it looks wonderful you want to do that um yeah I mean, not to have such a simple answer, but
0: no, that's my no. answer. <laughs> and, and no, because I was going to say, I think you actually make a very strong point because this is a point actually I've i thought about a lot and I've alluded to a lot. It's like all roads lead back to narcissism at, at some at some degree. So it's like everything. Like when you say that, like, oh my gosh, I'm suffering so much. Like I got like before we hopped on and did this, I was like, oh my god, my work sucks. Like i i you know, why would they shove all this work on me? At, you know, for like five minutes. It's like, well did that really happen or is that my narcissism talking? It's my narcissism talking. It always is my narcissism talking. And so what I was going to say and what I was going to make a point about is I thought that a lot of it is just kind of consumerism, materialism, like that type of thing, like clout chasing, all that other stuff. But is that a separate thing or is that looped into narcissism, narcissism as well? Because I think you can view it from both lenses, but I think, I think you actually have it right. I think that narcissism, self-obsession, selfishness is the root of a lot of the the things that have spawned out of this. But I, I want to get your response to that for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, I think that, again, I had my thought all together and it left my brain um and I,
0: i've talked way too much this entire time so you no no no
1: it's just fair. that you talk and i don't want to cut you off and i don't want to interrupt you because i've cut it.
0: you off like five times like fucking yeah, but
1: five. you're supposed to cut me off you're the leader of this thing I no you're the, you're the
0: you're the guest you're more people listen to me talk all the time that's the reason why i only have negative seven listeners including you so go ahead and talk all you want
1: um well but i can't remember now anyway yeah i think really anything anything can be a religion um again back to like I don't think what I believe in is a religion I think religion is man-made so I think any when anyone is putting anything above the one true God I think that that is now their religion um and we're all guilty of doing it every single person I'm guilty of doing it I I put things that I love and, and it's stuff you care about right and so most of the time we care about ourselves. So we're going to put ourselves above everything because we want to meet our needs first. Um, but like in reality, what are what are our needs, right? Food, yeah. Shelter, some socialization, like, I don't know. Everything else is just... um.
0: Well, I, I think that's a necessary discussion to have right now, too, because like needs... Like that word has gotten pimped out too. Like if you want to go back to the excess conversation, like people right. need everything. seems, And it's like, you know, when you say that, you know, something is a need when it's not a need, like that is a, that is a road to hell. If I've ever seen one get paid before in my life, I mean, that you're going to drive yourself nuts. If, you know, and I don't know what your experience that is, but it's like, when I see somebody saying like, Oh, I need like my, like, I need coffee in the morning. It's just easy. Right. Like fucking no, you don't. It's like, you know, shut up. It's like, you know, that's your, you know, whatever. But what do you think the role, like, do you think that's what's leading to a lot of this other stuff is like people misplacing the word need and kind of just whoring it out to everything?
1: Yeah, kind of. Or I guess my take on it would be um, like, I think that the Bible and, and Jesus is the answer to everything. So it's like if you don't have that, then you're always going to be needing something else, right? Because we need God. So if you're if you don't have Him, you don't have Him in your life. You're going to be looking for for Him elsewhere. Um, you're going to be looking to fill that void, to fill that need. Um, so yes and no.
0: Okay. And where do you think um, where do you think politics falls into that? Because I if I was going to say two things, it would be the narcissism argument. And it would be the political argument because I think we don't have a royal family in the United States. We don't have any royal structure. And like, even like in, like I said, North Korea earlier, I mean, the Kims are masquerading as like God, living gods on earth, the whole thing, mm-hmm. and everything else like that. And the people in the 20th century, all the dictators and totalitarians that lived then were like that, but our politicians basically are our royal family in a lot of sense or our celebrity <laughs> class or whatever. So where do you think both celebrity and politics fall into the religious structure. Do you think that's a a valid argument that a lot of people go to for religious need?
1: Sure. I know a lot of people personally who put, who actually mix religion and politics and want to give, and want to give conservative views as their biblical belief almost because, Mm -hmm. because conservative views line up more with a Bible believing system, right? Like those are just like, it's just kind of the moral thing, like, Yep. conservative views are just more moral from a biblical perspective um and I know a lot of people who who just kind of like intertwine both of them but I think politics and and celebrity is a whole separate thing like I think politics is a religion for a lot of people like its own religion um like you can't mix them you can't mix religion and politics and and make it one thing because at least not for Christianity. Um,
0: yeah. do, you, do, do you think uh, like, what do you think the, the more left-leaning liberal progressive side of that is? Do you think it's like, because, because you made a good point. I think it's I think it's an accurate point that the conservative types, the more typically religious people. And I would say, and that's a generalization. I'm not saying any specific, case or whatever, but um, you know, if you are kind of a left-leaning person who really isn't tied down to like, because you think either, religious structure is restrictive or it's intolerant or whatever then you're probably less likely to believe in some sort of formal religion so do you think it's more easy for the the lefty types to to fall into this kind of trap or do you think it's even on both sides
1: i think it's even on both sides okay um because again back to religion in my opinion is man made left leaning people can make anything a religion just as right-leaning people can't so I think yep. that conservative people are just more guilty of like intertwining them more
0: I would say than, like in yeah.
1: saying that their politics are their religious beliefs whereas left-leaning people they don't most of them are not religious in the in the formal sense but they are their own religion with the things that they believe in
0: yeah
1: like does that make sense
0: yeah, no, I, I actually, I, I never thought about it that way. But I think it's, um, it's, uh, it's interesting to think about it, because I do think that it's almost like going back to the moralizing argument, like, I think a lot of the left leaning people in America, <clears throat> excuse me, they get away with moralizing in terms of like, maybe it's, it's, you know, minorities, or it's LGBTQ people, or something like yeah. that. But you know i think the right is very guilty a lot of the time so i think you hit this actually right on head of using religion as kind of like a battering ram to say that they're they're that they're right again going back to the narcissism argument they're kind of you know they're right on everything because they we have god and religion on our side so like basically fuck you if you don't think what we think basically right and
1: yeah. that's not biblical either right like right. for me personally like i do not agree with um the LGBTQ, like, I don't agree with any of that. I don't think any of it's biblical. I mm-hmm. would never, however, I would never treat anybody any differently because of it, right? Right. Like, in my view of the Bible, like, they're living in sin, but like, so am I, right? Like, I still sin, and I right. think that um, I, I, I'm not accepting of it, and I'll I'll never be accepting of it but I'll never treat anyone any differently.
0: Yeah. And like, I yeah. would
1: treat my best friend. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's just that, you know, it's just, it's a value thing at the end of the day or a values thing at the end yeah. of the day that you kind of have versus a different people. And we're all different people. Cause I mean, we're all humans, neither, you know, June or Gentile, no Greek. I forget that. I'm horrible at remembering verses, but that's one of my favorite ones. We're all equal in the eyes of God, whatever, you know, I, I'm.
1: Just and, totally. And another people. like really good point too, is like, yeah. it's not my opinion. It's not. It's not right. My idea, like it's God's. That's what God says is right. Yes. That's what God says is is correct. I'm just like doing my best to live by that and and uphold it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it's. I mean, there's just so many plugs for narcissism. throughout the, this is going to be the subject of the podcast, by the way. It's going to be. It's like I'll I'll, I'll roll see back to this, but um. Okay, so that's actually very interesting. And so one of, I don't know if I spoke with you directly about this and we kind of touched on it in a, more of a, a joking comedic sense earlier in the podcast, but one of the biggest barriers that I struggled with going forward, and I think I might've talked with you about this, but I'm not sure um, that I viewed and and I still actually struggle with this and I, I, still, I still to a degree view religion and Christianity, especially more, more, maybe more so because I'm immersed in it more than others is a haven for, and this is gonna sound so bad, a haven for weak people. Like basically like, and the example is like, I have a, like, it, my example is perfect. It is a perfect example of this. At my weakest point, my weakest point, I'm like, I need a problem. And I, but I think I kind of, and maybe I'm moralizing here, or I'm succumbing to narcissism, like for the 50th time again, that I'm doing this other stuff. I like to think I went about it more gradually. And I didn't just kind of throw myself into some ideology, like a lot of people do, like I was, I got real. I had this traumatic experience, and I'm just going to go full on zero to a hundred into God's kingdom. You know, fucking driving around. You know, tits out for God. All the other shit. You know, to use that analogy, whatever. And so I, I think I see a lot of people. Especially, I think um, this might apply more. I think to young people as well than older folks. But people in our culture that I've seen, like the people who have are like Christian influencers on Instagram or whatever that have like hundreds of thousands of accounts. I was. I was abused as a child and I went on and I did this and then I found the Bible and now I'm yelling about it to everybody. And I think that it's, um, it, it's like, that's something that wasn't a deterrent to me. And I hope a lot of other people, like skeptically, I want them to actually you know, find religious salvation, whatever they believe. But it was like, I'm looking at these things. And I remember, I'm just like, okay, this person is, is, mentally damaged or physically damaged in some cases. okay hopefully not. And they're like, and I don't wanna be with a bunch of people. Like there's this old Jordan Peterson adage, like only do not engage with things that make you weak, only engage with things that make you stronger and make you better and make you do all these other things. And I agree with that philosophy in a large extent. But the way I saw it, and I, I would love to get your opinion on this, is like, I kind of see it as like a bunch of people who just hit a wall and was like, I need a quick fix solution to this. So I'm just going to throw myself on the coals and see what's going on with all this. So what is, what is, what is your opinion on that? If, if you have one?
1: Um, I mean, I think that, again, everyone is in need of Christ and yep. of of that. And I think that the world is filled with sin. And I think that God uses, like, our struggles and our, um, not endeavors, I don't know what word I'm trying to think of, but just uses our trials um, and
0: tribulations to use the instrument.
1: Thank you, uses our trials, that's what I was thinking of, to bring us closer to him. I don't think that, um, you know, in the book of James, like, it talks about how God does not tempt us, <coughs> and God, like, does not bring forth like there was something else he he says like he cannot tempt us god cannot tempt us so okay it, it's i think that god uses our trials to bring us closer to him um and i think with that being said like we're all going to have weak moments and mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's bad like i think that's exactly what the church is for i think right. that's exactly like what it's made for you know like we're not made to be these these fake like always okay people like it's okay to not be okay and it's okay to to need. now you're sounding
0: like one of the self-love people my god how quickly the, the tides but, but
1: it's okay to not be okay because you're not in control <laughs> and it's okay to like that's what god is for like that's exactly what he's for you know like he's, mm-hmm. he's the medicine he's the answer um And you don't always have to like have it together all of the time. Like that's what the church is for. That's why you're supposed to be in a body of people who believe in the same things you do, right? So you don't slip, so you don't fall. So you have a crutch. So you have, like, we're not created to be alone. And I think that's another thing that I think is a struggle in today's world. Um, There's just so many things that disrupt uh, fellowship and community and like being in good, good places with people. Um, yeah. But I think that's exactly what it's for. Like it's for yeah. the people. It's for the people who, who need help. And like once you're humble about it, and like once you just are like, like you accept it and everything, and you have the humility of it. It's much more easier if you just have your pride high all of the time, like you're never going to to get anywhere. Like um one of my friends, they did like a biblical se- not a seminar, a thingamajig. I don't know. And it was all about biblical thingamajig.
0: that's a new one. I haven't heard that one.
1: <laughs> it was a women's biblical study and it was about pride. I didn't go, but a lot of people told me about it. Um and she like sent us pictures of this list of things like it was yes or no questions about stuff you struggle with and it was just stuff I never would have thought of of what's prideful um and like one of the things was like do you ask for help like is it easy for you to ask for help and I yeah. remember thinking no and apparently that's like that's a sign of pride and there's other things yeah. um, There were other questions that were more like, I, my answers to them, I didn't realize that that was a, that was pride. um, Like not wanting to bother people with your problems is a sign of pride. And I was like, like, I always have viewed that as a sign of like, respect. I don't want to burden people with my problems, right? In the Bible, it specifically talks about how like, we're to take on each other's burdens. And if you need help, like, ask for help. Like.
0: So it's funny because most of the most of my listeners, at least I think, are women to, because most of my friends are women. And my friends are the only ones to this podcast. I think so. Anyway, was there anything on that list that was particular to since you was you said it was a women's uh, Bible study about pride? Was there anything about women and pride that you were either surprised or that really stuck out to you? Because this is actually very interesting. I'm actually curious to what your findings were or your friends' actually findings were.
1: Um, I don't really remember everything that was on the list. It was like yeah. two pages worth of like questions. Oh, wow. And you just had to go through and like answer the questions. Um, she just sent us like her list and her answers to the questions just to show us like mm-hmm. um, the things that you wouldn't normally consider to be prideful. I can try to get it and send it to you another time, but.
0: Yeah. Um. But, but I, I even think with what you said, it's like, you know, I think a lot of women like moms, I could just, you know, struggle with that all the time. I feel like yeah, I, you know, I know like moms are the modern day, like, I mean, they have to be like 50 things at once. Like, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, they have to be like a emergency room nurse and then they have to be a cook and then they have to be a wife and then they have to be this and then they have to be that. So it's like, you know, they have a lot of shit on their plate. Like, I think, you know, dads actually have it much easier in this regard from, you know, the maternal Versus paternal instinct, they have with children, they have with their career, they have with you know everything else that they have to do, and I think it's actually very interesting to look at pride from that kind of an angle and see like you know there are hidden traps that I think are easier for women to fall into, unfortunately, and if you're not really aware of them. And I think that um, you know, and this is not me being like a male feminist or anything because I despise one, I despise those people, and two, I think it's I think it's true, and I think it's it's very um, it's very true with just kind of the way humans are in the way human nature works and that kind of works out that way
1: yeah no um no i fully agree with you um mm-hmm. yeah i mean my that's my my biggest thing is is i am not good at letting people in and letting them help me like i i don't want to talk to people about things because i don't want it to be their problem
0: However I've, been called, I've been called emotionally unavailable by numerous ex-girlfriends, so I feel you there.
1: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page.
0: And going back to the whole weakness thing that I wanted to make, I came to the exact conclusion that you did was because, and I kind of found the way I, I took a men's, um, or not a men's, it was co-ed, but my group was all men. Um, a co-ed, you know, Christian dating class a couple of weeks ago that I told you about and the uh stop smiling like that. And the the, um, the 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 term that uh one of the table leaders used who was around my age, maybe a little bit older, was brokenness. Like the term was like he's like I was really kind of I came to terms with my brokenness. I'm very, you know, upset you know, up upheaved as a person. I don't even know if upheaved is a word, but I'm gonna use it anyway. I'm very upheaved as a person. And I think it's kind of like that was when I think a lot of it started to click for me was when I was like, okay, Taylor was right. And you know, all the people that are telling me this are right. Because you know, it's noticing that you're not okay and you're not perfect and you're not all this other stuff that it's like, oh, wow. So we are all weak people in our own ways, even though we all want to get better and we want to get less weak and we want to get less broken, but we still are all of those things in the center argument of things. So I do think, That was a really big moment for me. Although I do think that there are people who kind of fetishize Christianity and kind of pimp or religion in general and just kind of pimp it out for those other reasons. So there's two sides to the coin, but I think I'm seeing your side more now that I went through those things. So that was a a really big, you know, light bulb moment for me, I would say.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely those people who over-spiritualize everything and just make a big deal out of everything. And rain rain dances
0: and the skirts and shit. I'm just just like,
1: yeah. (laughs) Yeah um and I you made me think of um there's this author and he used to do like Christian videos a long time ago like when I was in middle school I we used to love like all my friends and stuff we used to love watching his videos
0: like VeggieTales shit
1: no it's not VeggieTales stuff it's uh, I mean VeggieTales is great VeggieTales
0: is love a, VeggieTales. I, I was actually thinking now that I'm getting more into the stuff that I need to revisit all because it's been a long time since I watched the VeggieTales shit, and I feel like I need to do some research because honestly that would like like I'm so stupid in regards to a lot of this stuff, but that would probably lead to more of it sinking in if you have yeah. the, if I you mean, have there's like, a
1: bunch of things that you could watch
0: like like if, if I have a, an anamorphic cucumber and tomato yelling at me about why I'm broken and sinful and all this other stuff, it might sink in honestly like um
1: my favorite VeggieTales song is the where is my hairbrush song
0: is that a, are they all religious I, I don't even I am going to this question are VeggieTales all religious things I think
1: so I thought they were all like a Christian based I mean I like I didn't grow up in a Christian home so I yeah. didn't like I wasn't raised on like the Christian shows and, and things that a lot of kids that were Christians grew up watching. I, mm-hmm. so I never actually like sat down and watched Veggie Tales. I just remember like seeing little clips here and there and like hearing the songs and stuff around school, but I never um, like sat down and, and watched it, watched it.
0: So but is, you, the, is the, go ahead.
1: No, I was just, no, finish what you were going to say first. Well, what
0: is, what is the, where is my hairbrush song? What, what is, what story is that referring to?
1: I don't even know. It's just, <sighs> I forget which one of them it is. And he gets out of the shower and he can't find his hairbrush. So he just starts singing about where's my hairbrush.
0: What do they call Like their peels? No, I think it's
1: the cucumber.
0: So that, that, this is making legit, this is, this is both very enlightening and very frightening at all at the same time. Um, so we we kind of touched on this on this a little bit earlier, and I think you framed it well. And I want to kind of expand that because you talked about, you know, you and a lot of you know devoutly religious people, Christian people, whatever. And let's just use the pride community, for example, the LGBTQ crowd of people and that group of folks as being unaligned on your values. So you are not aligned and you do not you think that behavior is living in sin. They probably think the same of you, of religious people. All those other, well, although some of them could be, you know, religious people. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I know some of them, but I don't know all of them certainly. And so, a lot of people say that religion is intolerant, and I think that they're right in a lot of ways in terms of like their value structures not being compatible in a certain way, like you alluded to earlier. But I do think that, and I've and I talked about this in a in a blog post in the podcast, is that tolerance in reality is a myth. Because a lot of people are tolerant to a lot of stuff, but to be tolerant to one thing, you have to be intolerant towards the opposite thing. And sure. so what what are your views on religion being, quote unquote, intolerant? Do you think that has legitimacy to it in the fashion either I said or what, you know, an opposing group might say? Or what are your, what are your thoughts about that?
1: Um, I would say that biblical Christianity is intolerant in the sense that, like, I'm not going to cave my beliefs into somebody else's, but sure. again, I'm not going to treat anybody poorly and like bad because of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I think that like, I, I'm a really, open. like, I'll talk to anyone about Jesus, right? Like. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I know. I know. Yeah and And I'm pretty open about trying to be understanding of other people's beliefs, like I'm currently reading a book right now about transgenderism and like
0: mm-hmm. what it's
1: like to go through sexual reassignment surgery, but like from yep. a biblical perspective and how you can better understand it so you can like understand and talk to people and have like an yep. actual meaningful conversation with them about it,
0: Empathize um, about.
1: yeah, exactly, right yeah. And and I find that they're unwilling to do the same. So there's a difference between like not caving to your beliefs, but then if you're going to be rude and get mad at people because they don't want to be accepting of what you believe, then are you really that concrete and set in what you believe? Because I would never be offended if someone didn't believe in what I do. Like, I'm I'm not gonna get wow. hurt. Like, it's not gonna hurt me in the end, how I view it, it's gonna hurt you because you don't have Christ. So I think that as a Christian, the most loving thing I could ever do for anyone is share the gospel with them. Um, but I think that if people are getting like really, really hurt about you know, Christians or religious people not accepting being, like, the LGBTQ community, for example, Um, like, why? Ask yourself why, because if, if you really find that to be the truth, and, and that's what you want to live by, like, in terms of me not treating you any differently, which I won't, then why is it such a big problem?
0: Like, yeah, yeah,
1: I don't
0: know. It, yeah, no, I know, and I think, you know, it's, and this is kind of the last thing I want to hit on, it's like, it's okay to have differing sets of values. And it's like, you know, you kind of said it yourself. It's like, look, if you don't want to believe what I believe, like whatever you think, I'm good. Like, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I I, like I got my, like you and like, it's the Drake lyrics. Like I got you and yours versus me and mine, all the other shit. But not, not,
1: not in like an unsympathetic way, like where I I don't believe in it, but just like, I'm not going to be upset or, um, offended by it
0: yeah it's it's kind of like that the the Deion Sanders quote don't let my uh don't let my confidence offend your insecurity that whole type of thing yeah. and um you know you're it, it's just your your you're setting your values you're kind of everything else and I think it is having that has got to be a really relieving feeling to you at the end of the day when you're talking to somebody that is a different thing I would imagine
1: yeah I mean I it's not my job to reveal God to people like that's God's job it's my job to share what I know and share my experiences and my testimony and and you know live as much like Christ I can to be an example of the Bible and be a light in the world and um but like we're also called to be the salt too so like I yeah I'm gonna stand up for what's biblically true um yeah
0: Yeah. And I think it's, it's so important to, to, and like, this will probably be my, my last question. What do you think drives that urge for people to urge others to conform to that set of ideals, whether it is a idea about your sexuality or an idea, idea about your religion or an idea about your, your job or whatever you view about a certain or your politics or whatever it is what do you think that is is it does it come back to like is it narcissism again or is it something else
1: i ultimately just think it's pride like you want to okay. be right um yeah back to the romans two thing like we are innately known that god exists like i think it's just the defiance like it's a hard heart it's it's you want to be right you want to do it your way you want to do you Know, um, that's what I think,
0: yeah. Pride's the root of all evil, right?
1: I think pride is the root of all sin.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's which is evil. Or, so.
1: I would say, are evil and yeah.
0: sin the same? I, I was gonna say, I'm gonna, I am not i do not think I'm that stupid, but I think it'll be just kind of it'll be something I could maybe get with whatever, but yeah, okay. Well. Taylor, this is awesome. This is a great conversation. I know we talk about this kind of stuff all the time, but I think uh, you were very nervous about coming on here, but you did great. So that was, uh, that was tremendous. And I think um, a lot of people who are really interested in this kind of stuff are going to be really, really excited to hear this. And I think, you know, I'm very grateful that you came on and I know it's not the most comfortable thing for a lot of people to do, but uh, you're a good friend and you're, you, like I said, you've been a very good mentor to me and a really good friend and you've really helped me and I really, really appreciate that. So um, you know, any final words, but if not, we'll, uh, we'll sign off and then we'll call it a day.
1: Yeah, no, I'm super, super grateful that I got to do this and I'm grateful that like we've had such awesome, such awesome conversations. And I hope that this, like for anyone who listens to it, just perks some curiosity and, and whatnot. So thank you.
0: Okay. Well, you heard <laughs> that. That's the don't do this. Don't listen to this conversation series with Taylor Johnson. Uh, See you next week, everybody. On the day, open your mind. Have a good one, guys. See you next week. Hopping, stopping, hopping like a rabbit. When I take the leaner Ross, you know I got to have it. I lay back in the cut, retain myself. Think about the shit, and I think it well. How can I mix my grip and how should I make that nigga straight?